All right, everybody. Welcome back. Hour number two. Good to have you with us. Hey, how's that Monty Williams thing working out in Detroit? Uh, just hire a coach. Hire a great coach. It'll solve everything. Uh, the Pistons have lost 26 games in a row. But just hire a great coach. Coaches solve everything. Hire a great coach, they say. It's really hard to lose 26 games in a row. I mean, even the commanders can't do that. They try. They can't do that. How many was how many games have the Wizards lost in a row? Uh, I feel like it's a lot, but when you compare it to Detroit, it's nothing. No, uh their problem is they just don't win very much. Not that they lose a ton of games in a row, but let me just answer that for you. Uh Vic, um because they won they last played Friday night in go uh, in in San Francisco against Golden State. And they were in that game, and they lost. But then they won the night before that. They beat the Portland, Blazers. They yeah. were hanging on for dear life. Bilal Koulibaly came up with a big defensive stop. But before that, right, so it's one and one. Before that, they had lost two. Then they won one. Then they had lost, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. Won a game against, ironically, the Pistons. Uh, but they had overall won, lost six in a row. And then before that, they had lost uh, three, six, eight. Nine, Mike Francesa style. So they lost 15 out of 16, sandwiched only around a win against the awful Pistons, who again have lost 26 games in a row. Just wanted to bring that up. We don't talk a ton of NBA. I got to be honest with you. There was like 5,000 NBA games on yesterday. I watched a little bit of Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, and the Mavericks against the awful Phoenix Suns. And we'll get to them in a, in a little bit, uh, a little bit, is what he wanted to say in English. Outside of that, the NBA, eh, no thanks. It didn't work out for them that there were that was an NFL slate. Because well, generally, true. the NBA on Christmas, yes. there's no football Correct. games. Well, there's usually like a hapless bowl game. Maybe there's, you know, right. the, the last two years, there's been NFL games. There was a couple of NFL games last Christmas. I think it was Miami and Green Bay and... Oh, yeah. Some other concoction of teams. Maybe I can't remember who. Um, this year, it was three. I mean, it was on like Donkey Kong. Like, you turned on your TV at 1 o'clock, and football did not leave it again for another 12 hours. Too much, in my opinion. Even in Christmas Eve, it was ne- just nonstop oh, football. It, again, nonstop. Uh, and, like, the NFL has not slept at all. Meanwhile, I take nap after nap after nap because I'm up and down like an old man all night long, peeing my brains out. Because I drink too much. By the way, you'll love this. I froze a two-liter bottle of Diet Coke in the freezer. Uh-oh. It was oh. already cold when I brought it in. I put it in the freezer and I forgot about it. Uh-oh. I forgot about it. Forgot about it. it. Uh, now I'm scared to open it because you know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's not going to be pretty for your boy. So I'm going to have to take Especially it. on that electronic board that you're on well, right Well, I'm not going to do it here. I'm going to have to take it back to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And, and see if I can experiment and figure uh, something out. But uh, anyway, that's a little behind the scenes. Uh, let's go back to the calls and grab uh, – let's uh, let's do Jeff in Silver Spring, and then we'll get to the Birdman. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Hey, Jeff. Happy holidays. Same to you. I, I just the, – there's one thing that's kind of worrying me, and I am glad, of course, they lost uh, at the end to, to, to the move to the number three uh, slot is – 
I, go back in time, and this is just going with with Sam Howell right now. I'm a little worried that the 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 it's kind of been written for him at this point, um, and I can't think back to what happened about nine years ago when when Kirk Cousins was the quarterback taking over for for RG3. He had a really great start, and then his you know his play dropped precipitously, um, you know, from game to game. And then a year later, he was a starter. I, I'm just wondering if, if there's any possibility that Sam Howell could have that arc um, where even though it's a new coaching staff, I mean, they'll have a lot of needs to address and, and they could get a, a starting left tackle for the next 10 years. And they're going to go with, you know, a guy who, who knows? I mean, it could be wherever they fall, number three, right. four, five. Um, that, you know, we've seen it year in and year out. There's a top player and he doesn't, you know, excel like this year, I guess, Bryce Young. Um, and then you, you kind of refer to Trey Lance and, and they traded all San Francisco, mm-hmm. all those, you know, that capital. And the guy who's their, their star right now is the, the I guess, the, the last pick in the draft. Yep, um, Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. Yep. I know it's completely different. Yep. San Francisco, it's, a, it's an apples and oranges. No, I no, no. I, I, lo- I love what you're asking. I love what you're asking because there's a very real side of me that says, hey, and I, I use that example from time to time, too. In 2014, people around here and and when they drafted him and at times in 2012 and 2013, they all thought Kirk, thought Kirk Cousins was a piece of you-know-what. And, and, and obviously that was not the case, and that was never true. Uh, anybody realistic. And then when Kirk finally, when Jay gave him the keys, start the 2015 season, and, and it was on, and sure, there were some bumpy moments just like there are for every quarterback, he took off. So could you have that – scenario in Sam Howell. Absolutely you could. And let's remember, even though he's in his second year, it's his first year as a starter. So absolutely the trajectory could go that way. The problem is asking a new regime to come in and bank on a fifth-round quarterback who has shown a lot of bad tape for a good portion of the season, a lot of bad performances, and a lot of missed reads, and a lot of bad things that you don't want that's a that that's hard to ask them to do right so can is there a compromise in between where you don't have to maybe use a top three four pick as you're suggesting maybe you find you know marvin harrison jr or or one of you know uh, uh um um what's his name from uh penn state the the, the left tackle uh Oluwano. um Somebody like that, as opposed to the quarterback, and maybe you draft a quarterback, say, I don't know, in the second round, or maybe you trade back into the bottom part of the first round, or whatever the case might be, and then you have a true honest-to-God competition. That is what I would prefer, as opposed to reaching for a quarterback, and a lot of people seem to think that you would be reaching for Jaden Daniels at three or four, as opposed to if Caleb Love or Caleb Williams, uh, you know, somehow, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, um, uh, uh, why am I Caleb Williams uh, and 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 um, and the North Carolina quarterback? Why am I blanking? Oh my gosh! Uh, you, you you get my Drake point. May. Drake May. Drake. <laughs> what did I call him? Caleb Love. Uh, where do <laughs> I come up with this stuff? Anyway, Drake May or Caleb Williams dropping back to you, which is probably not going to happen, right? And you're probably not going to get into the two spot, which means the only way you can get one of those two guys is by trading up into the top two spots. And I don't want to do that. To me, I would be happy if they walked away with saying, you know what, we're going to improve from the inside out. We're going to draft an offensive lineman, what have you. Again, the kid from Penn State, the kid from Notre Dame, whatever. It's it's very early in the process. 
But draft one of those guys. Make your football team better. And then you draft a quarterback in the second round, again, early in the second round, or you trade up back into the back back part of the first round if somebody is dangling that you like and that you have a good evaluation on, that type of thing. I think you can do that. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to draft the franchise quarterback and to do whatever it takes. And I think that's the absolute wrong I guess, philosophy to have to do whatever it takes because whatever it takes often leads to complete failure. Yeah, no. And, and that's why just like I say, I, I'm, I'm my, my main concern is I know this is a new regime and I hope there's no influence with the owner saying, why, why not take this and, you know, just kind of poke his head in there with the, the GM or whatever. But I guess my overall concern is hopefully with whatever the new GM it's just kind of a solid like read. And, and, and again, it's not to ask you give a breakdown. They had like five or six quarterbacks listed that are four or five that could be taken in the first 10 picks or something. But is there a second tier that will just drop uh, into that second round that you'll say, Hey, you know, there was a couple of guys that they clearly could have taken um, and, and, you know, again, trade down, get a, you know, a glut of more picks. Mm-hmm. And then they've set themselves up for the next two or three years, uh, hopefully with savvy, you know, again, uh, you know, scouting and, and, and the, the coaching as well. And it's, you know, I, I I'm, guess, all, uh, I'm all for, I'm all for exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and we have a long way to go in this process. I'm all for that because I think you give yourself more cracks at the apple and you improve your team by volume. Sometimes you might miss out on a generational prospect. I get it. Uh, like they traded down two years ago and drafted John Dotson, which a lot of people thought was early, and they bypassed Kyle Hamilton. Well, you look at Kyle Hamilton and what he's doing with Baltimore, and obviously you know that, that could hurt you as well. Jeff, appreciate you. Speaking of Baltimore, it's time. To give the man his just due and credit. He wants it. He needs it. The Birdman. In Baltimore, Mr. Raven. I'm sorry, bud. I'm sorry, pal. I, Mike Florio, or Mike Flores, uh, we were all wrong about your beloved birds. You know, Chris, there's an old saying. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! And let me tell you, we not only beat the man, we took him to Suplex City, baby. <laughs> you know, I was looking through, I was looking through some archives, and I, they, they, they say, and I was looking at the Bedrock Post, that there hasn't been a beatdown like that since Freddie Flintstone took you yeah. out in the Thunderdome. Yeah. That's except, what I saw. Except that never happened. But anyway, go on. <laughs> you know, but, 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 but Chris, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm not even going to say we're going to be at Miami next week. We're going to have a handful. But it was a great pleasure of mine this morning. I woke up extra early. To, I'm off of work this week just to hear the talking heads try to backtrack, just to see it. And, you know, I turned on one show. Richard Sherman's on there still saying, oh, yeah, it was a fluke. How was that a fluke? Four interceptions from your starting quarterback and then, five, and then one more from your backup. That's not a fluke. And, you know, look, again. Well, here, just, just real quickly, here's why, he's, here's why he's calling it a fluke. Number one, didn't he used to get a paycheck from the 49ers? Uh, number two. He got many paychecks. Yeah, number two, like people are like it's a fluke because they don't think Brock Purdy is going to throw 
the amount of interceptions that he threw last night for, and and some were batted up in the air and, you know, whatever. It's not a fluke win. The Ravens are not a fluke. But people are saying that the 49ers being so bad last night was the fluke. I I think, and he, you know, if you go back and watch the game, and I'm sure NFL Network will be showing it all week, um, watch Purdy's face going into the locker room at halftime. It looked like, it, like he wanted to cry. Seriously. The 49ers quit last night. And you can say what you want about the Commanders or the Ravens. I've never seen them quit. But the 49ers quit last You think night. they quit they, at sixteen twelve going into the halftime tunnel? They, I, I, I think they quit. Okay. They, they, but you mean I, later I, on I, in the really game. Do. You don't you mean later on in the game after the double quick I, touchdowns? After the after the double quick coming okay, out. That's fair. Coming out of the break. That's quit. fair. Okay. Because going in at halftime, it was only sixteen twelve. So I mean they shouldn't have quit if they now they were struggling. It was a bad, bad, bad first half, and yet they were only down by four points going into the break. You know, but it changes quickly when you throw another interception, again, the fourth interception early on in the third, uh, and, 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 and then, uh, what do you call it? And then Aguilar, you know, g- I, listen, whatever you want to say about Nelson Aguilar, he, he hasn't been what he was, I guess, expected to be, but he's still a crafty guy, and he stuck with that route and got himself open in the front pin corner of the end zone for Lamar Jackson, and immediately Lamar Solomon fired a seed. And, and, you know, like to me, that's the kind of performance you need. You don't need flashy speed. You don't need unbelievable size. You need football players that make football plays. And that is, I mean, to to Lamar's credit, and and I undersold him a little bit here, okay? I I mean, we listen, we all know that he's an unbelievable athlete. But he is a crafty football player. And last night, at least for one night and one spot and – I've seen it a couple more times. A guy like Nelson Aguilar has been a crafty football player, and they have made this all to you know work. And I don't think it's any one individual that's made it all work on offense. I mean, obviously Lamar is is the magician, if you will, but it's not just about Lamar. Everybody steps up and takes a role and takes a part and plays above the sum of their means, and that is just a testament to the type of people that they bring into that organization. It's, it's it's unbelievable what they did with that roster to lose your starting running back early in the season. Then you lose the then you lose Keenan Mitchell, who was a breakout. Mm-hmm. You, you you Mark know, Andrews. It's it's yeah. Mark Andrews, our star tight end. It's just unbelievable how you know next man up is working in Baltimore. And I will say this: if the Lombardi Trophy goes through Charm City, the Ravens are going to be one hell of an out. Come January, boy. and I'll leave you with that. All right, Merry Christmas. Same. I uh, hope. Merry uh, congr- Christmas, congratulations, Chris, Birdie. Bye. I appreciate you. Um, no doubt about it. The Birdman happy about his Baltimore Ravens kicking the crap out of the San Francisco systems who come here to Washington this Sunday. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. We'll take a quick timeout. Was anybody really annoyed? Was anybody really upset? that Ron Rivera benched Sam Howell for a second consecutive game. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter that I didn't want to see on Sunday because it was all wrong, and I'll explain why next. 
All right, good to have you with us. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Again, we don't even know if Trent Williams is going to play in his return to FedEx Field. We don't know if Brock Purdy is going to play. He's got a couple of stingers now in the last couple of weeks. We will see. It could be Sam Darnold. And will it be Jacoby Prissett? Or will it be Sam Howell? And for our audience, even though the season does not matter, that is the biggest question that we have to tackle here over, I mean, Ron's scheduled to talk at about 3 o'clock. I don't know if he's going to commit to a starting quarterback. Probably he will. My guess, my strong hunch is it'll be Jacoby Prissett. But nothing with this team would surprise me. And nothing with the head coach would surprise me. I mean, it would make sense... From a common sense standpoint, if you don't further derail Sam Howell's confidence and you throw him back out there to a pack of wolves on Sunday on a short week, having fled cross-country, meaning the 49ers, and you see if he can capture the magic again. And maybe do a little bit of what Lamar and the Ravens were able to do. And maybe they get Brian Robinson back. You know, maybe they run the ball better, more. Uh, You know, maybe, maybe, maybe all of these things. Then there's the thought, hey, listen, he's been so bad. He's been so bad. I put out the numbers at halftime on Sunday. I, I, I think Sam Howell's been like, 16 of 43 for 153 yards or something like that in his last six quarters of football. I mean, it's really hard to tell the locker room, hey, man, need you to practice. Need you to go full speed. They're watching tape. The next coaching staff is watching. Other coaching staffs are watching. You might get traded. You might get cut. You might get... You might be a free agent. I need you to play balls to the wall. I need you to play as hard as you can. I need you to sacrifice for me. And then keep throwing Sam Howell out there, who's clearly lost it. I mean, I don't know if he's lost it Chuck Knobloch style, if you remember Chuck Knobloch, who used to play second base for the Yankees and the Twins, and all of a sudden one time – just could not throw to the ball to first base and had the yips and was never the same. Rick and Keel, Mackie Sasser. I mean, there's, there's tons of baseball examples throughout the years, and I know it's football that we're talking about, but you, you get the point. Sam Howell might have the yips. He might be so dear in the headlights at this point that he is incapable of playing. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is he wasn't good against the Giants before Thanksgiving. Yeah, they moved the football, but they didn't score points because they couldn't stop throwing up all over themselves, and he was part of the problem. Too many interceptions. Sacks, other things, pressure, all that. Against Dallas, they moved the football for the first half. They scored 10 points, and they didn't score again after that. Against the Dolphins, They scored 10 points, and he was benched late in that game 
and he played terribly. And they were just trying to get out of there. And then you have a two-week buy, and you say, all right, maybe a mental reset, a physical reset, long year, long grind, this, that, and the other thing. The Rams don't have a great secondary. Maybe he can take advantage and And he was horrible. Again, horrible. Worse from a execution standpoint than he probably had been all year. I mean, at least in the Buffalo games, in the first Giants game, in in the second Giants game, at times in other games, you could say, wow, the pass rush is really, really getting to him. It's really affecting everything, not giving him a chance. That was not the case in the Rams game, as we pointed out last week. And then on Sunday against the Jets, again, they were down 17 to nothing before you even knew what hit them. And again, that's not all Sam Howell's fault. I get it. I'm not here to tell you that it was or it is. But some of it is, right? Some of it is. Sam Howell's intercepted on the second play of the game. Well, third, second offensive play of the game. And again, quick game is now getting absolutely blanketed because they know that the commanders don't want to stretch the field, can't stretch the field. He can't see certain things. They're not going to stretch the field because the offensive line is obviously teeter-tottering on, you know, depending on the play, depending on the sequence. And they're better than a lot of fans think they are. But they're not good. But as a result, because everybody knows that they're trying to get rid of the football and quick and run quick game, everybody knows to jump stuff. Everybody knows to read stuff in the flats. And that's exactly what happened early on. And then the Jets kick a field goal. Okay, fine off the turnover. Sam Howell, incomplete. They did go down the field. You know, Antonio Gibson, run, three yards. Sam Howell, sack, 13-yard loss. Now, they would have had a penalty on the play anyway, but, of course, the Jets took the 13-yard loss instead of the five-yard illegal formation penalty. Then they have a false start on special teams, which has nothing to do with Sam, and then they get the punt blocked. So the first two series are just... Epic poop shows. And then the Jets score a touchdown, right? And they're up 10 to nothing and kind of almost how you would expect it. And then they come back out and they try and stretch the field again on the second play of the third series. Of course, come up short. Run the ball once, two yards. Another incomplete in the left flat. And now they have to punt it. And again, another penalty on special teams. Again, not Sam Howell's fault, but because they have to punt, you're putting all sorts of pressure on other players because they can't move the football on offense. So you have three series to start the game against Granite on the road, a very good jet defense that are disastrous. You can't even run a functional offense. It reminded me, quite honestly, and people used to get mad at Cooley for doing this. When Cooley and Kevin used to do a show on 980, 
and Cooley would be like, "Listen, I, 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 I you know, I just, I, I can't, I, I can't, I, I, I can't grade the offense because it, they can't run an offense." And Jay Gruden would say the same thing privately because everyone knew that Robert Griffin III sucked, except for all the Robert Griffin III sycophants or sycophants. Everyone knew. Well, guess what? Sam Howell has a much better work ethic, a much better maturity level, a much better sense of his being than Robert Griffin III ever had. And maybe Robert Griffin III had, I don't know, a little bit more juice in his legs, certainly a little bit more height, if that's part of the problem. But Sam is a much more developed passer than Robert Griffin III ever was. And yet Sam has absolutely blown chunks all over himself down the stretch here. And that leads me to this. It's absolutely inconceivable how anybody could be mad at Ron for benching him. That's what you do, people. If somebody absolutely sucks, is getting in the way of anything you're trying to do, you have to bench them. If you have a reasonable alternative. Now, for those of you that are going to say, well, Chris, they haven't benched Andrew Wiley, I I I get it. I get it. Maybe they should have done that. I'm not telling you everything is six and a half, one dozen, whatever that saying is. Six of... What is it, uh, JT? Six of one half dozen of the other is what he wanted to say. I'm only 50. I'm not saying that. I get it. But it's the quarterback position. It does not matter what Ron Rivera has been saying since January. Diarrhea comes out of his mouth half the time. It doesn't matter. What matters is is if you're going to ask 52 other guys to put their bodies on the line, and if you're going to try and coach and and show up and do what you're supposed to do, even though we don't want you to do it, you bench Sam Howell. And you put in Jacoby Prezet. And anyone that didn't realize Jacoby Prezet playing early in Sunday's game was a thing, was a legitimate possibility, did two things. A, you didn't listen to this show last week, dummy you. B, you woke up on the wrong side of the pillow because you weren't awake. You were sleeping at the wheel. You weren't paying attention. Time for a quick trending alert. Then we'll come back and we'll grab your phone calls at 301-230-0980. Again, I had zero problem, zero problem at all with Ron Rivera benching Sam Howell in either one of these last two games. Whether it was Ron, Sam, whether it was uh, uh, Eric Bianami, whoever. It doesn't matter. And it does not matter what he's been preaching. It does not matter what he's been yelling about. It does not matter what he's been leaking to the media. It does not matter. The message is diarrhea at this point. You do what you have to do to try and win a game when you're a head coach. That's what you do. And the only thing they could have done over the last two weeks was bench Sam Howell and put in Jacoby Brissett. 
and nothing else matters. Honestly. You agree? Disagree? 301-230-0980, on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, Brock Purdy was intercepted four times last night. The 49ers intercepted a fifth time Sam Darnold, who finished up a large part of the fourth quarter, and the 49ers get boat raced by the Baltimore Ravens. That's the big story. The smaller story is the 49ers are here at FedEx Field this Sunday. Could be Trent Williams' return, although he left the game early to FedEx. We'll see about his status. Again, Purdy, his status uh, unknown at this point, suffering a second stinger. In a couple of weeks, we shall see. We'll also find out, hopefully at 3 o'clock, from Ron Rivera who the starting quarterback will be. Will it be Jacoby Prezet? It says here it should. Uh, what say you? And or will it be, once again, Sam Howell? Again, we hope to find out. Hope, no guarantee. We hope to find out from Ron Rivera coming up in about 25 minutes or so right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Wizards home after the Christmas break, looking for win number six against the 17-11 and 11 Orlando Magic. First of two back-to-back home games for the Wiz uh, tonight and tomorrow night. Tomorrow night they'll host the Raptors. 7 o'clock, 6.45, the pregame coverage right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and that's what's trending. Just heard back from uh, Jay Gruden. He's going to join us right around 3.30. We're going to hear from Ron Rivera, um, assuming no technical uh, difficulties on the commander's end. I think last week we had some uh, audio issues from their podium. Um, We're going to – so we're going to have that all in the 3 o'clock hour, uh, and uh, we will make it work again. Only show of the week for me. Doc will be in Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, here from 1 to 4 Uh, on the Team 980. So good to be with you and good to hear from you at 301-230-0980. And again, before Ron announces it, we think, maybe, hopefully, uh, Jacoby Brissett should be the starter. The bottom line is is Sam Howell. Nice kid, hard worker. I'm not giving up on him. He's on my team next year. He's not my definitive starter next year. He never was going to be my definitive starter. He's been wretched. He deserved to get benched. He was not only not good, he was awful. There's no way, as much as you guys don't like Ron, there's no way Ron can coach this team and ask them to go balls to the wall against the Jets, 49ers, and Cowboys, including two games in front of, we think, some Commanders fans, and say, guys, go out there, run through a wall for me, And, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to play a quarterback that not only looks like he saw a deer in the headlights, but it looks like he's been run over by an 18-wheeler. That's what Sam Howell looks like. 301-230-0980. So, again, it should be Brissett. I think it will be Brissett because Ron cares more about winning and whatever his reputation is. And, again, to be fair to Ron, he's got a locker room that you, I don't think you can play Sam Howell. I think it's the wrong thing to just keep trotting Sam Howell out there at 16 of 44 for 152 yards over the last six quarters of football. Not good enough. Nowhere close. All right, let's get back to you on the phones. Ronald is in Greenbelt, Team 980. What's up, Ron? Happy holidays. How are you? Rooster, man. How are you doing? Good, Ron. What's going on? You have a point. You have to. Nagler Road did not go with Jacoby. And I'm anxious to see how Jacoby would do it. Because, you know, coming in release, you know, Rooster, coming in release, team doesn't prepare for you. So yep. you might get hot coming in hot. I call it coming in hot. 
your release pitcher or relief quarterback coming in, and everybody rallies around you, the quarter, the offensive line, that has something to do with it, too. They all rally around you. But the opposing opponent doesn't really know. They prepare for how. So if he announces that Jacoby's going to start against the Niners, then the Niners will prepare for Jacoby. They will find his weaknesses, whatever he does right, whatever he's wrong, his next two games. So that might have a lot to do with it. And moving forward, this is one of those draft classes where you is it hit or miss because I don't know if it's going to be a quarterback class like this in another four or five years. I don't see anything moving forward. I thought that Deion's son and maybe one of other two, but this is one of those hit or miss class draft classes that you have to uh, really think about. Because are you going to keep three quarterbacks and you right. do draft one? Why don't have we have we found have we found out on Shador yet? Ah. I don't, he's staying in. He's he, not coming out. He's, he's staying in Colorado. Stay. Okay. All right. So, you know, I yeah, mean. He's not going to come out. Like we mentioned earlier this hour, out. you know, what if you don't take a quarterback in the top five, wherever you land, right? Right now it's four. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Right now it's three. Should, I, I, I shouldn't say four. Um, say you don't take a quarterback, right, which some people think Jaden Daniels is a little bit of a reach at three. Could you draft one, again, at the spot early in the second round? Uh, with either the pick that you got from the Bears or, more likely, your own? Uh, or could you package those two picks up to move back into the first round at some point if somebody like, I don't know, uh, J.J. McCarthy yeah. or Penix or Bo Nix drops? the situation is, what are you going to do with Joe Kobe moving forward? Well, Jacoby's a free agent. so you would, blanket? I mean, he's a free agent, so you'd have to, A, make the decision based on whether you want him to stay, but what if Jacoby doesn't want to stay? You know, what if yeah, he's like, I true. see a better opportunity for me to play somewhere else? You know, and it'll depend yeah, on, yeah. on on how the new head coach relates to him because the new head coach should be in place by, I don't know, let's just call it like January 20th-ish, you know, and that gives you about a month and a half before free agency to kind of evaluate not only the tape, but also to reach out to Jacoby Brissett and say, hey, man, this is what I'm thinking uh, does any of this rhyme with you? Does any of it jive with you? And you got to see what Jacoby Brissett thinks. I tell you one, Russ. They're gonna have to put on their thinking caps. Thanks for my call. Appreciate you. Uh, good to hear from you. Uh, let's get to um, mm, let's go to Will right here on the Team Nine Eighty. Will, happy holidays. How are you? Happy holidays, Chris. Um, interested in your opinion. Um, it seems like the last four games were just continuing down this slide of just getting worse and worse. It sounds like Ron is losing any kind of ability to manage this team uh, week by week over the last four weeks. Is there any point in holding on to him? Um, the enemy doesn't look like he has any authority over the offense continuing to go down this spiral. What do you think? Um so, so I, again, I, I just want to clear up. You're talking about getting rid, of, uh, getting rid of Ron. Why or, wait for Ron any longer? Because it's just the last three weeks has right. gotten so, so bad. So, to I mean, me, our, you you would have do, you would have done this either after the Dallas game, which they chose to let go of Del Rio, or you would have done it after the Miami debacle and before the bye. It doesn't make to me. Uh, it doesn't right. make sense right now to do it at this point when you could have done it twice and chose not to do it. And, I mean, it's... Right, and they're going to have to clean house no matter what. Right, exactly. So, to me, this is just an exercise in what this is all about, in my opinion, 
is not embarrassing Ron, which I know is not important to a lot of people, but it is important, I believe, to people that respect Ron, like Ron, have worked with Ron, know Ron, and also know how he is revered around the NFL. And also as a new ownership group, the last thing this new ownership group, never mind Dan Snyder, they don't want to be looked at as David Tepper. They don't even want to be looked at as the Walmart uh, people in Denver who fired, um, uh, you know, who fired the um, uh, the guy that's the Jets offense and Nathaniel Hackjob twelve games into the season. They don't want to be looked at at that. What do you, you think? Know? Their, what do you think their perspective is on what they've seen the last two weeks? It looks the same well, with what you're talking lo- about. Yeah, I mean, it looks terrible, but I mean, do the comebacks at least show you that the team has not quit? That's the way I look at it. I know a lot of people think they have quit. I would say they don't make the comebacks that they do in the second half, fourth quarter last week, second half, uh, I'm sorry, fourth quarter a week and a half ago, second half last Sunday. I, I, don't, I, I don't see them making those comebacks if they've totally rolled over and, and quit. I got you. You know, so. Thank you, brother. I uh, appreciate you. I, I mean, you know, look, I don't have all the answers. I just like at this point, cutting Ron, firing Ron does no no purpose. If you're going to tell me after the Miami game, listen, I understand. I didn't think it was the right move at the time, but I understand. You're going to tell me after the Dallas game a week and a half earlier. Listen, I understand. Everyone knew you were making a move. I understand. Let somebody else have a chance, maybe change some things up, look at what it did for the Raiders, what have you. I understand. But right now at this point, what does it solve? I mean, again, we cannot say that the locker room has quit because they've made two comebacks in the second half. Again, one in the fourth quarter, one in the second half last Sunday. If they quit, if they didn't care at all, if they stopped playing for Ron, then they probably would not have made those comebacks. Just my thoughts. Uh, we'll get to Mark in Laurel, Stephen Bowie. Uh, we'll get to Polly. We'll get to you. 301-230-0980. We'll hear from Ron Rivera. Is he going to name a starting quarterback, or is he going to let it dangle until he leaks it out to Ian Rappaport? All of those big questions still to come right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. By the way, thanks to uh, our pal Jeff Walker for lending me his uh, kick in cans. Some really good headsets here because I was on my way back down to my car to get my earbuds, which I wrap around my car mirror, and I forget at least twice, JT, a week and have to make the mad dash. But I was stopped by JP and B Mitch uh, nicely uh, and asked to uh, make an appearance on their show. Uh, and, and they're always they're always kind, and they make fun of me, and and we have a good time and a good laugh. And I had a Maryland instant scratch ticket that I didn't understand, and uh, I lost miserably at. But Jeff stepped up big time, big time, and gave me a nice pair of headsets, so I can actually hear the show. Are you going to return those? Are you going to potentially keep them? Well, um, you know, being that I work with the guy, I'm not going to steal them. Huh, all right. I mean. I mean, those you know, are pretty nice looking head. I mean, headphones. I pr- I probably should go shopping and get my own. Yeah, you know, mine broke a couple of months ago, so I've been just using earbuds, which again, fine, right? And you don't get the metal band in your hair, and your hair in your hair. Yeah. Uh, but 
The problem is, is I keep forgetting my earbuds because I wrap them, you know, because I can't leave them in my bag because things that go in my bag go to bag hell very quickly. They get get wrapped around like spiral notebooks. (laughs) Uh, They get just torn to shreds. Yeah. So I, I leave them out of my bag so that I can preserve them. And then I forget them because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. All right, 301. Some people are upset at me uh, for things that I said. Uh, somebody said, uh, no, you suck. People like you blew the RG3 debacle out of proportion. And why don't you give your co-host a chance to speak? And I, I answered him on Twitter. I said, well, you know, number one, uh, I have the great JT the Vic with me, but Vic, you would say, like, you have access, right? Like, if you want to say something, I'm not denying you anything, am I? No, you're not, you're not denying. I mean, I have a couple of things to say, but, I mean, you, you kind of cut me off in a way. I do? Yeah, a little bit. Really? That's yeah. not nice. Yeah. W- what are two or three things that you have to say? I don't know. It's been a while now. I forgot. Damn. <laughs> I thought I was being nice to you. Yeah. I was gonna say with my headphones, I'm actually using my Xbox headphones because I don't I don't ha- actually have working headphones. Uh-huh. As you can tell, and I mean our listeners can't right. tell, but I have a microphone. Well, you are on my like headphones. the Xbox King. Right? I am the Xbox King, right. but yeah, I do have a another microphone on my headphones. Mm. So you would say I, now I'm, I'm worried about this. You would say that I've I've denied you the opportunity to speak. I think you inadvertently deny me. Hmm. Hmm. That doesn't make me feel great about That's myself. A- Hey, New Year's resolution, man. I mean, I'm a nice guy. I'm the nicest guy I know. You're a nice guy. You just don't, you're unaware of your surroundings sometimes. Okay. I I mean, listen, I'm a nice guy, not a perfect guy. (laughs) No, you're not. None of us are. (laughs) None of us are. Vic's like, no, you're not, bastard. (laughs) I keep trying to tell you that. I keep trying to help you. Don't leave, uh, don't put some on uh, the phone for six minutes. I do tend to let you guys talk way too much. <laughs> way too much. Again, classic case of nice guy, not perfect guy. <laughs> I, it's funny. I, I let the callers talk too much, but then I get accused of not letting JT talk too much. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally open. I, like, I, I mean, Matt jumps in anytime he wants. Vic, you can chime in. I mean, you and I have been working together forever. Say, Rooster, shut the bleep up. Shut the bleep up. Shut the bleep up. (laughs) All right, now I've I've wasted prime time to take a call, so just hang on. I see you, Mark. I see you, Steve. I see you, Paulie. We'll get to you as quickly as we can. Also, we expect to hear from Ron Rivera, assuming that that goes through. Uh, And uh, we will see if he names a starting quarterback. Jay Gruden is going to join us uh, a little bit later on next hour. We're with you until four. Only show of the week, Doc Walker in the rest of the week. So get aboard now on this post-Christmas, pre-New Year, right before the San Francisco systems come to town on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.